0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Social Workers and Scriptures podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. Today, we will be presenting Assertiveness, Finding the Right Voice. I'm Kat Elias. And I'm Susan Camacho. And today, the purpose of our podcast will be to help people have better boundaries and learn this assertiveness skills to remain emotionally balanced when conflict occurs, and also to help create an atmosphere in which you do not feel victimized or taken advantage of just as a reminder, we are on Instagram, we're on Facebook. You can also find our podcast on YouTube and we're on all the major podcast platforms and also now on Audible. So now you can hear us on Audible. Get it? Anyway. Okay. Uh, We want to give a shout out to those around the globe who are joining us and our new listeners in Turkey. Hello. And of course, on our own home front, the United States. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to us. Thank you, Jesus, for everyone joining us. We really appreciate you. So let's jump in. Oh, actually, before we jump in, let's give them our disclaimer. This is not a substitute for individual psychotherapy to
1: treat underlying conditions or chronic mental health issues. Each person needs an assessment on a case-by-case basis for treatment purposes. Do not go off your meds without medical consultation. If you are having a psychiatric emergency, please go to your nearest ER or dial 911. If you're in crisis, you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or 1-800-273-TALK. While we are not degreed theologians, we are professional therapists. We have graduate degrees in social work, but this podcast is not specifically for just social workers, it's for those who wish to bridge your love of mental health and the Bible. So let's just really jump in with the assertiveness definition. So according to the Google definition, assertiveness is a skill regularly referred to in social and communication skills training. Being assertive means being able to stand up for your own or other people's rights in a calm and positive way without being either aggressive or passively accepting wrong that's pretty good aggression is based yeah that (laughs) that is a really good google definition aggression is usually based on winning and passivity is based on losing long term obviously we've said before that those two can lead to depression anger and
0: resentment assertiveness is usually the balance in between aggression and passivity and you know just so everybody knows um Today, we're going to be talking about assertiveness, um, but we're also going to be putting out some videos pretty soon about what assertiveness looks like in practice. So we're going to do some role play. We're going to actually give you examples of what assertiveness might look like and what might be helpful. So keep a lookout on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube for those videos. All right, so let's jump in. Let's ask one of our first questions. How is assertiveness and boundaries the same or different? And why are they important? So
1: assertiveness is usually the act of standing up for yourself and finding your voice, hence our title. Boundaries, I see in the same light as well. Ideally, they go hand in hand. When you have boundaries, you advocate for yourself in order not to be victimized or taken advantage of. Um, The same goes for assertiveness. Where they diverge for me is that boundaries are a higher level of assertiveness skills. You're kind of kicking it up a notch. Um, You're taking a position on who you are and what you will or will not tolerate in your relationships. And I feel like another prominent feature is the approach. As assertiveness does seek a compromise while a boundary should be firm and not a line drawn in the sand, usually because this will lead to people violating your boundaries if there's no follow-through. And if you give in, it'll make it that much more difficult um, for you to do it again because they know you've given in prior to. And the standard rule when it comes to assertiveness are the three Cs, confidence, clear, and control. So confidence, obviously, you guys know what confidence means. Usually, you need to have a little bit of a, of a spine and say to yourself, hey, I, I'm believing I this. I got one. I'm believing it. I'm owning it. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> and you, we've, all, we've all seen, you know, the Target children, you know, people are like throwing a tantrum and they're like,
0: Listen, stop it, Let's Joey. not bring up my kids no. on the podcast here, okay? Let's just separate <laughs>
1: no it should be confidence like knock it off give me that it should be it should be with self-esteem and then the next one it should be clear um the message should be clear it should not be convoluted um it should be easy to understand what you want in order for you to be
0: respected in order for you to feel appreciated valued however so when we say am i being clear is that part of (laughs) (laughs) is that satisfied The Uh, parenting mm. we say was that clear is that how you feed it back to me okay
1: <laughs> um and then then the last one is c- controlled it should assertiveness like it's not out of a control i hear john um, jackson in
0: the background every time you say that word
1: Control. <laughs> <laughs> it is not out of control you need to you need to maintain your composure no over-the-top yeah, antics of so is it four c's <laughs> it's confidence clear and control that's a lot so- of c's <laughs> Kat, what do you
0: think, um, what, is the, what is the similarities between boundaries and assertiveness and what are the differences? Where do they diverge? Well, I think boundaries are lines and limits that you set that define what you will and won't participate in, what you will be responsible for or not, what will allow, what you will allow or what you won't and what's good and what's not good. So the boundaries can be things that you, usually you set with other people, but you can also set it with yourself. You can set limits with yourself. And usually we use the term boundaries and limit setting very interchangeably. I think assertiveness is a verbal way to implement a boundary. It's a type of way of speaking up when you need to, speaking truth in love, like Ephesians 4.15 tells us, and also speaking up where Ephesians 4.25 tells us. So I think assertiveness is, is a verbal way to set a boundary. Why is it important? Well, I think it's super, super important. I think that it helps keep relationships true and honest and gives us the best chance we have for the best balance. Um, It keeps the realness in relationships, which is really what you need for true, real connection. You know, you can start off, but as soon as things start, you can start off in a relationship with connection. But as soon as things come up, when you don't address them assertively, you can kind of diverge from that true connection. So this helps preserve that. I think that God did not mean for us to be apathetic at all. God's people are to be a joy, joyous people, full of life because he is life. And so I really think assertiveness and boundaries preserves that. And I think that the devil's always looking for a way in. It could be via apathy, depression, bad relationships, whatever it is. And I think assertiveness and boundaries help you keep those things out by protecting the real and good. First Peter 5, 8, it tells us to be sober minded and be watchful. The devil, your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And I think that he can certainly do that when we don't have boundaries and we have trouble being assertive. Again, assertiveness and boundaries protect your property, your responsibilities. It gives you the best chance to keep you safe from abusive relationships. And also, I think what something that's super important is that in, in Christianity, we are to hold other people accountable, and they hold us accountable. You know, iron sharpens iron. We try to anyway. Jude tells us in Jude 1.23 to save others by snatching them out of the fire. And in Galatians six one, it tells us, um, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression. You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, keeping watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Also, lastly, I should say, I think that having boundaries and, and uh, I think that being assertive frees you up to serve God, not man. So it frees you up emotionally. Yes, it may tie you up for a little bit, but it frees you up in the end more so that you have time and space to do God's work and allow him to work in you. And then boundaries help you understand what is good and not good. You can then acknowledge sin and hopefully stay away from it. What do you think is the difference between passive, aggressive, and assertive communication? So aggression to me is when you're physically or emotionally abusive, when you have a
1: win no matter what attitude and you escalate and are disrespectfully, uh, verbally or gesturally. Um, Gesturally, you guys know that I mean body language. Obviously you can have aggressive body language. To me, that's aggressive communication. And passive to me is you want to place things in the apathy bucket a doormat or a conceding stance. I mean, really, who cares about that
0: bucket? I'm <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> But it's bucket. usually what I call um, peace at a price. So mm. while you might get, maintain peace short term, um, but it's at a price and it's usually the price is a lot of anger, depression, and resentment towards other people. And that's re- I think that's really, really, really important. I really like that, what is, peace at a price. Peace but at, but a, at price. a price, yes. And so um, assertiveness is empathetic and seeks to listen and clinicians usually say that we it usually tries to find a win-win situation i kind of have a twist on that one because i tell my group because you know i work mostly with men so i kind of say you know because they're like am i supposed to eat crow um we all eat crow if you're in a relationship you've eaten crow <laughs> and so some, and if you're sometimes vegetarian? you can win um what? you can win but you lose a lot in the long run so you need to figure out what that is and so everybody needs to lose a little and sometimes you really do have to take one for the team (laughs) um so it you just have to figure out how important it is to you and some of those tenants i think that when i look at assertiveness i look at um that is a balance of all of those things and
0: usually it's the healthiest way kat what do you think about passive aggressive and assertive communication well you know i was thinking I have kids of different ages, of course, but I do have a preschooler and I have a kindergartner and I was telling my preschooler, um, she asked, mommy, can you tell me a story? And I was, um, but not in that voice, a different (laughs) voice, a little bit (laughs) deeper with a voice than that. But, um, she, you know, I was telling her the three bears and I realized, you know, I might not have gotten it all right, but I was thinking, Hey, that's a really good analogy for passive aggressive and assertive communication. You know, when they speak about, Oh, this bed is too hard. This bed is too soft. And this one is just right. And I think that's kind of how it is when it comes to passive aggressive and assertiveness. When it's too hot, too cold, or just right, again. And then I don't know where I got it, but I, I, I was thinking about is too much, too little, or just right. And then I realized when I read the story, that was totally wrong. So that didn't fit this analogy. But the part about too hot, too cold, just right, and too hard, too soft, and just right, I think really fits. So I think aggressive is when you respond with more than what is called for, and passivity, when you respond with too little. Assertiveness is just right. I think it's with an appropriate level of empathy and respect to the degree that it is needed just as a side note, you know, in that story of the three bears, wait, wait, is it three bears? Yes. Goldilocks and three bears. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I have already forgot the story. Um, I think the mom's porridge was too cold because she was tending to all the kids and that's why her porridge was too cold. <laughs> Daddy's was too hot. See, cause he got served was early. She um, too? <laughs> sorry, that may have been, I may have projected a little bit into that. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so aggressive would be something that's, you know, something that's over the top physical expression, something that oversteps somebody else's appropriate boundaries something that lacks self-control. I think passive would be when you're not speaking truth, when you're saying yes, when you mean no, and maybe vice versa. Maybe you're saying um, no when you mean yes, and then, uh, you know, and, and when we allow for abuse. And then just as a side note, another communication style that is, is uh, very common is passive aggressive. And that's something that we mentioned, and hopefully we'll put a podcast out pretty soon about, but it's when you're being aggressive, but in a passive way, usually through dishonesty, some sort of lack of genuineness, implications, being late, excuses, things like that. So passive aggressive is another style of communication. And, um, just, I just want to point out something that's so important about assertiveness is that it is learned. It is, we learn how to communicate. It's not genetic. There's nothing in your DNA, or if there is, it's a tiny, tiny bit about the way you're wired. It's all learned. So even if you learned one way, because your family or friends or whoever in your system is one way, you can relearn. The things that we're bringing up today might not be easy. Assertiveness is not always easy, but it is learnable and you can practice it and get better. Speaking of when it's not always easy, when do you think that people should, when, how can people know when they should speak up and sh- they should stay silent? So usually the rule of thumb for most therapists is to ask yourself if it's going to bother me a day from
1: now, a week from now, a year from now. And if, and if the answer is yes, then you need to say something obviously if there's abuse you definitely need to say something report it, and be proactive but if it's something minor like I just said we all eat crow at one point or another just make sure sometimes you are part of being healthy is also learning when to take one for the team but other people should be making those same concessions as well and it cannot be a one-sided you taking one for the team at all healthy relationships are reciprocal and they give and take Where there is a disproportionate imbalance of equity, you need to say something because it jades any relationships with long-term consequences if you allow for a disproportionate or an inequity to occur in your relationships. And for everybody, I do want to say that the the balance is different. Like I know people like to say, oh, it's 50-50 in a relationship. I have not seen that. (laughs) not
0: clinically, (laughs) throughout like 14 years of said. I'm glad you said something because um, I think that when people have the expectation of 50-50, which is what they're usually taught. I mean, I think based off of movies and based off of theoretical stuff, that's not always practical, but 50-50 really sets them up for kind of failure and a little bit of lack of their expectations don't, uh, don't get met and they get disappointment. Yes, and I think it is super important for you like
1: to realize what that is for you because everybody's different. For my husband, I know he goes to, he has carpool, so he doesn't get back till like 6.30, so I'm the one who makes dinner. But if I have a disproportionate, say like 70, 30, and I like, I'm like, hey, hey, honey, you're slacking on the on the delegation of, of household duties, then yeah, like, you know, I have to get back to my baseline in order for me to be comfortable. And if that's a 70, 30 baseline, because like either you're a, a stay-at-home mom or however that is, or if you're a part-time, however you work out your schedule and your, practical day-to-day existence you need
0: to come back to your baseline whatever that is for you and i was thinking the whole 50 50 thing is that our relationship with christ do we see that you don't really see that is it is our relationship with christ 50 50 oh definitely not no definitely
1: not and i think it also
0: depends on well what are you comfortable with because some people are more comfortable no i'll take all the kids stuff and I'm fine with that because that's what, that's what, um, in my family we do. And I'm fine with that. And that's what I like, you know, I think it depends on your comfort zone too, where for somebody else, they may want a whole different percentage. Maybe someone loves to cook. God bless you. You love to cook and somebody else doesn't mind cleaning. Somebody else doesn't mind whatever, right? Yeah. So whatever is right for your relationship, but that equilibrium
1: needs to exist with whatever percentage you're comfortable with. And you guys obviously need to talk about that. Proverbs 12, 18 says, there is one whose rash words are like swords thrust, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Mm. I think it's really important when you do speak up that obviously like we've talked to you like tons of times on any other podcast is that the truth should always be in love and it should not purposely want to hurt you. Cat, what do you think about, about when I should speak up?
0: Well, I think that you're on target when something is going to bother you and it's, it's not going to go away and you notice you're ruminating over it, you're, it's repetitive, it's something that you know it's just going to be really difficult to let go of and you're going to keep thinking about it, then that's usually something that you need to bring up. It doesn't mean that you have to necessarily get to a particular type of resolution. Sometimes just bringing it up and just asserting how you feel and what you think or how that made you feel, sometimes that's enough to be able to kind of let it go, regardless of the response of the other person. I think when you start feeling and noticing that your mental health is becoming overly affected, and when you start going into, you know, sometimes we can take one thing or we can take two things, but after a certain time, maybe you start feeling depressed, you start getting somatic symptoms, like some sort of physical symptoms instead of the emotional ones, like your tummy is, is upset, or you're getting really tired and you don't know why and things like that. Uh, Maybe you're starting to get apathetic or whatever it is when you start seeing that your mental health is becoming affected, you need to step in and you need to be responsible for yourself and you need to assert what it is that you need to assert to be able to bring that back so that your baseline as well. Also, if your relationship could be affected potentially long-term, you want to kind of, you want to try to set those, you want to try to be assertive early so that it's not affected long-term so that you can deal in the short-term with that kind of stuff and then it doesn't turn into a long-term thing. What happens when you're not being assertive about what you need and about where you're at you can get apathetic. You, you can start losing feelings for a particular person because you are withholding so much. You're not setting those, those limits and you're not being assertive. I think that you really want to just think practically. If the result of not speaking up would be worse than speaking up, like the person may keep offending you, the person, somebody else may keep sinning, I think then you need to speak up. And again, just as a, as a side note, being assertive doesn't guarantee that someone else will respond the way you want him or her to respond. It just gives you the best chance. And then it gives you a best chance for a good, genuinely good, true relationship to a, to help bring on a deeper relationship, a real true one. Okay. Being assertive doesn't guarantee it. But like I said, sometimes, um, you know, one of the skills if I could recommend for anybody, especially new married, new married people is, is, um, if you can, especially women, if you can get good about just feeling better, that at least you were heard that you got, not even heard that you got out what you wanted to exactly how you wanted to. And be happy with that, regardless of how the other person responds. I think life is going to go so much better for you. Now, what about those people who say, "Yeah, I hear you, but what if I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings? What if I hurt them or or offend them? Aren't I being a bad Christian?" I think that Christian, like any other people, are obviously human
1: beings, and so offenses are going to happen. You know. Um, even there, I always tell everybody that therapy is not about perfection. I mean, I insert my foot in my mouth um, a couple times a day. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dang, <laughs> you need to listen to our podcast.
1: <laughs> um, and so, as long as you are in this, you need to start slot, bringing snacks to work. <laughs> as long as you are in this imperfect body and you're an imperfect human being, things are going to happen. You know. I think a Christian is bold and offenses will happen as long as we're human. Just don't set out to be offensive. It mm. is, like I said, important to deal in truth. Assertiveness is a truth. But just be careful mm. because it may not be someone else's truth. Our truth sometimes I think you need to say that one be... more
0: time. That was very profound. Say that again. <laughs>
1: Assertiveness is a truth. But be careful because it may not be someone else's truth. So our truth sometimes is half truth. Because it's not the full story or the full picture and you need to feel, you know,
0: comfortable with the other person's truth too. I see. So it's like more like we don't have the whole picture all the time when we just look from ourselves. Yes. I see.
1: We're, yes, we're looking from our own lens, obviously, because we're in our own bodies, and our own minds, but we're not, but it's part of a truth. Don't be reckless with the truth because the truth without love is harsh and rude and it can be disrespectful. So just be careful. 2 Corinthians 3 12 through 13 says, since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses, who would ha- put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. 1 John 1 6 says, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Cat, mm. what do you think about hurting someone's feelings or offending them? Um, is it a
0: non-Christian principle? I really like what you said about um, you know, just making sure where, where your heart is at. What are your intentions? Um, sometimes the you know, offense can happen, but I was just telling my daughter the other day, you know, if you have, if um, I have a daughter who has a, a gift of truth and she just, man, she's a truth slayer. She is going to tell you the truth, but if you have that without discernment and without some sort of empathy, then it, it can be a little bit dangerous sometimes, a little hurtful. Am I being a bad Christian? No, I don't think so. Um, I think, well, I think you got to check your heart. So I can't say that about general wise for every situation. Yes, sometimes you might be being a bad Christian, depending on where your heart is at. However, is assertiveness bad? Does it make you a bad Christian? No, God has boundaries and God is assertive with us. God tells us what our limits are, what's good, what's not good, what's sin, what's not sin. He told Adam and Eve where they can go, where they can't. He draws lines. God is and God is assertive with us. You know, Jesus taught people even when they opposed him. He corrected wrong thinking. He asserted truth where it was needed, and he told people what they must do to inherit the kingdom. He made them make a choice. God is truth, and he wants us to speak truth and be more like him. God is very clear about what is acceptable, good, and perfect. So um, no, I don't think that you're being a bad Christian just because you're being assertive. Assertiveness is called. Um, we are to speak, is, is, we are called to be assertive in the right we're called to have discernment as well, but we're called to be assertive um, in the right situations because God tells us we are to speak truth and love. So in Ephesians four fifteen, which I mentioned earlier, rather speaking the truth and love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And in Ephesians four twenty five, we read, Therefore having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth of his neighbor, for we are members of one another. God tells us that we are to be concerned with pleasing him, not man. In Galatians 1.10, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So we are to be speaking truth. And even when it's uncomfortable, even if it doesn't feel right, if God is calling us to do it, that's what we need to do. I really think we need to challenge emotional reasoning, which we've mentioned multiple times on here. And this is super important. Just because someone feels like we offended them doesn't mean that we have spoken offensively. It's very important. They may have something going on with them that they, that they may take it that way, but it doesn't mean you've spoken offensively. Just because it feels wrong doesn't mean it is wrong. In fact, for some people who, are, who have trouble being assertive and who maybe are passive or codependent, a feeling of discomfort may be a sign of doing the right thing, not the wrong thing. And that's usually for people who are a little bit backwards in their thinking about uh, relationships it's not necessarily a bad thing or wrong. Um, And lastly, meekness is not weakness. The Bible tells us to be meek and humble, but it also tells us to be wise like serpents. In Matthew 10, 16, behold, I am sending you out as as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So we are not just to be um, totally passive beings all the time. We are to be wise as well. And then you think about what do you do with that wisdom? Well, that's where the assertiveness comes in, right? So Christians, um, we do the right thing even when it's hard. So now what about, speaking of When it's hard, what do I do when I'm dealing with somebody who's either really tough and I need to be assertive or I want to be assertive or somebody who's really fragile? What are some tips you have here, my dear? When dealing with fragile people, it's a lot more difficult than dealing with the tough people because the only Mm. caution
1: with the tough is reining yourself in due to the anger and the negative emotion that they evoke. That's interesting. It's easier to be firm with somebody who's being firm versus somebody, you know, Mm. that's a, a lot more fragile and a shrinking violet. It makes you... It makes you feel villainous in a lot of ways, you know? Like mm. you're feeling like Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> and so in that like, you know, Venus um, is my favorite color. <laughs> I kind of re- <laughs> I recommend the compliment sandwich. Um, hear me out. Um when it comes to f- more fragile individuals, the concept is a bread of compliment of what it what someone is doing right, then the constructive criticism in in the middle, the deli meat. And what someone needs to correct at the bottom of the bread, and what you would like to see more of. Technically, this is how you break it down: flatter critique, flatter. F Y I, that works super amazing in how a work memo. About flat mem-
0: critique? No? <laughs> or is the T E R really important there? It works
1: amazingly in a work memo. You know, you will usually say like, "Oh, through this <laughs> pandemic, you guys have worked really super hard, but Dearest we friend. want to uh, such and such and such and such." And we thank you for these trying times, how hard your work ethic is, you know? But work a little bit harder. Just think of a sandwich. Flatter, critique, flatter. (laughs) <laughs> and even it works really well. Like I always tell people, like a couples work, it works really well. Flou- um, really well there too. Um, you tell your, you know, your husband, like, you know, honey, you're a great worker. This is really amazing. But I see you, um, you know, the delegation of workload is not comfortable for me. Um, but you are super awesome. <laughs> Flatter critique, flatter, ladies. Now when he hasn't hears this,
0: he's going to recognize it. He's like, wait a minute. I know where you're going. I know. I know you're our, going with he's this. He's our sound engineer. Well, <laughs> I, I like a sandwich that any. doesn't make you gain weight. So, I, uh, <laughs> so thank you so, for that.
1: And with the tough person, the technique is usually the broken record technique. You'll hear this one over and over uh, again. <laughs> Get it? Over uh, and over again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> one more time. <laughs> um uh, it's exactly how it sounds you keep repeating the same thing over and over again like if somebody wants you to stay late you say like you know i'm really i'm really um busy i have my kid's birthday party i need to go to oh but you can no i you really need to no be kids. on time i need to yeah. pick up the You're cake like, oh, so you kind of keep somebody continuing is- the same thing over and over again so Cat, what do you think um how do you how do you deal with um the tough and the fragile
0: You know, it's so interesting because I I wonder if that's just telling about me and you because I was like, oh, I think it's kind of the opposite. It's easier to deal with somebody who's a little bit more fragile than tough, but maybe it has, you know, check into that, do a little bit of family origin work (laughs) there. (laughs) for both of us over here. Anyway, so I think, you know, when when you're you're dealing with somebody who's tough, that's tough. Get it? That's tough. Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I really think, okay, you need to develop a, a strong core and a thick skin and you need to learn how to depersonalize other people's behaviors as having something to do more with them and something that's going on with them, they're reacting because of something within them more than it has to do with you. And so when you can depersonalize it, it makes it easier for you to be able to, to stand your ground and to just be firm without, without being rude, without increasing the pitch of your voice. There's a way if you can just thicken that skin and just kind of depersonalize it and remember that, okay, that has more to do with them, it's a little bit easier. Um, don't respond and overreact to personal ad hominem attacks. Um, you should be prepared that this may happen because if you're dealing with somebody tough and you know they're tough, you know that this is how they're going to go. So you need to make a decision beforehand that you're not going to be overly emotionally affected by that. And a lot of times I say, you know what, um, when you, before you deal with somebody who's really tough, you need to maybe write it out, write out exactly what you wanna say, so that you're not just jumbling over words because you know sometimes when you're anxious um, you just miss words and then that's the last thing you want to do when you're dealing with somebody tough is look like a like you don't know how to speak and you're speaking in circles write it down and then I want you to beforehand anticipate how they're going to respond and then you come up with how you're going to respond to that that way you can be a little bit more uh, prepared okay and then you just need to get it over with when you're dealing with somebody when it comes to assertiveness sometimes you just need to get it out there the anticipation is worse often than the actual act and whatever comes after, after it. So you just need to get it out there, okay? Try not to use a lot of questions. Try not to, in your sentences, don't bring up the pitch at the very end so it sounds like a question. You need to make sentences. Also, if you're dealing with somebody fragile, take extra care, okay? But you still need to tell the truth. You need to start with, a, like you said, a start with a statement or something like that. Start with a statement of empathy or respect and then you can say also something to kind of soften the blow like, Hey, this may be silly, but, um, and this is when you're dealing with somebody fragile, not tough. Cause they're going to run you over if you're tough, but somebody fragile, I know this may be silly or I have something I want to talk to you about, but I'm concerned that it may not come across the right way. Or, or, um, I want to talk to you about something, but I'm not sure how you'll feel and I don't want to hurt your feelings. You can do that with somebody who's more fragile and then they can receive it better. Okay. That prepares them and tells them, okay, toughen up a little bit and it's not personal. Okay. Be softer with a soft tone. Um, I think those are things that help out with somebody who's fragile. And then again, but passive aggressive, which hopefully we will come up with something, you know, pretty soon. That's a whole nother level of dealing with somebody, but just know that they prey on self doubt. So you're going to have to be confident and you probably need a a group of accountability to help you and to practice so that you can be assertive. As we wrap up now, keep a lookout for our videos again, that we're going to come out with specific examples of how to, how to practice this assertiveness. And we'll, role play that out for you. I'm hoping that that will help Um, Susan, what do you want everybody to take away from this? I want everybody to take away that assertiveness is about controlling yourself
1: and your response. Remember that self-control is a fruit of the spirit. It does not assure you, like we've said time and time again, it does not assure that you will give you the outcome that you desire, but you do stand, like we said, a better chance. Galatians 5.22 through 23 says, But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Cat, what do you want them to
0: take away? You know, I want you guys to remember that assertiveness is worth it. It's a really, it's an art form. It's a, it's not something that is easy, but it's an art form to get it, to get it right. And that balance really just comes from the Lord. And then you practice those things out. If you want a, a real relationship, you're going to have to practice assertiveness. When you don't have that. Man, you fall out of love, you fall out of emotions, you become apathetic, and that's not a real true relationship. So if you keep on going on and there's problems going on, but you keep going in the relationship, that's not a real connection. If you want to stay connected, you need to be able to, uh, to utilize this, the art of assertiveness. All right, stay tuned and for our videos. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And we thank you guys for listening. Susan, maybe you can take us out in prayer. Yep. So dear Lord, help us to be bold when needed and meek when
1: needed. Um, Help us to decipher situations with wisdom, God. And if we don't have wisdom, Lord, that we may ask you for the wisdom. Take care of us and watch over us on our daily lives, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Until next time, tune in to Social Workers and Scriptures podcast. Bye.
0: Bye.